today we're going to be talking about how to physically prepare yourself, your home, your emotions for postpartum. So let's go ahead and embark on that journey. Hey mama, are you in your third trimester and starting to freak out about the postpartum period? We'll take a deep breath and welcome to the new mom naturopath podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kaylin Galloway, a naturopathic physician and a fellow mom who's been in your shoes. From mindset techniques to holistic strategies for your health, we'll empower you to navigate motherhood with confidence and vitality. So grab a comforting cup of tea, or who are we kidding, coffee, and let's dive in to this incredible chapter of your life. My goal of this podcast is to embrace the naturopathic principle of docere, which means to teach. I really want you to learn practical advice on how to actually improve your postpartum experience, but this does not replace the use of your own personal physician. Any and all medical advice should be done and taken through the careful and personal decisions of your medical doctor. Can I let you in on a little secret? You're probably spending way too much time preparing for labor and not enough time preparing for postpartum. Postpartum is a zillion times longer, and I want to help you with it. So check out my free training at www.thenewmomnaturopath.com. That's thenewmomnaturopath.com. It's a 40-minute training that helps you prepare for postpartum with confidence. Welcome to the New Mom Naturopath podcast. And today we're going to be talking about how to physically prepare yourself, your home, your emotions, or postpartum. So let's go ahead and embark on that journey. So in terms of physically preparing yourself for postpartum, there's a lot of things that go into place that I want you to focus on. And in this episode, we're going to talk about preparing your home, your nutritional foundation, so how you're going to prepare your fridge, how you're going to prepare for your body care and recovery, and then some Remedies and herbal tricks that can help you as I am a naturopath that might help you might be good to have in your home, help you in postpartum. And then I'm going to get to some of the questions that I often have get asked by listeners. And as I always say, you can always message me at admin at the new mom naturopath. I really love getting questions and I love being able to answer them in the podcast here. Now, I want to stop here and ask a really big favor. Can you stop what you're doing? Scroll down on the podcast app and leave a review about the podcast. I'd really love to know how it's affecting you, whether it's um, providing useful information. It would really help me to reach more moms and would also help me to adapt the show to be exactly what you need and how much you like it. It would help me. So please go ahead and do that, and I would be forever grateful. So in terms of preparing your home, we want to make sure that we're providing you with a place of comfort. And you're like, yeah, yeah, it's your home. But I feel like I made sure that I had a place that was very comfortable that I knew I was going to spend hours in. And for me, I have a one-bedroom apartment. We live in a very tight space. So I had a rocking chair that was in the corner. And I, like, lived in that rocking chair. But I set it up to be the place that I knew I was going to be stationed, especially since I was recovering from a C-section. So it had a rocking chair. I had a stool to rest my legs. My lovely brother-in-law brought me the rocking chair as a, as a present, and it was so amazing. It, I rocked on that thing until it broke and spilled oil all over my carpet. But I loved that rocking chair because it was just 
what signified as my peaceful place or my home during postpartum. And I found that it wasn't just creating a chair or having a rocking chair that was helpful for me. It was creating an environment in my postpartum space that allowed me to have everything I needed really easily. So I had a, I used Carrie Locker's idea of a cart. So it was a three-tiered cart. I just bought it from Amazon. Excuse me. I think I put it on my registry list. But I had where the bottom tier was diapers, wipes, and any extra cloths because, you know, postpartum's messy. And then I also, the second tier was mainly breastfeeding supplies. So extra t-shirts for me because postpartum is messy. (laughs) And then I also had like cuffs to help like catch or any pads, like raw pads that I could collect excess when I wasn't nursing because I was leaking all the time. And you likely will leak all the time, unfortunately, as this part of the part of the chaos of being a new mom. And then the top shelf was snacks. So I had um, really good snacks that I had at the ready. So I made myself cookies. I made myself that were high in fiber, high in protein. So I had the ability to snack. My doula actually made me these really delicious protein balls that she made with so much care. They were just so good. And then I also had a huge water bottle. Now, I, you can use the water bottle they give you at the hospital. It's large. It works. It's perfectly functional. But I'm going to tell you right here, right now, I have to have iced water. It has to be very cold water. I am bougie about my water. It has, so I got a very insulated water cup. And then I got an insulated coffee cup because after about a couple of weeks, I started realizing that I never get to have warm coffee anymore because... I either forget about it, leave it somewhere, or didn't have access to just my coffee. You'll be surprised at the different contortions your baby will go in order to lay down on you and be snuggled real, real close. So that was like the physical preparation. And then in terms of other things, I made sure the house smelled warm and nice. Um, another thing that was really amazing is that I didn't have the ability to clean my house prior to preg- prior to delivery. I was in so much pain. And so I tended to have like this whole house was a mess. And when our friends were were pet sitting our cat while we were in the hospital for three days, they cleaned the house for me. So we walked into this beautifully cleaned home. It smelled so good. So if you could have that opportunity, either you have the energy to do it yourself or you hire it or you ask friends to help you with it. Ma'am. I cannot tell you how amazing that was. I cannot tell you how amazing it was. And then I also like to have different scents in my area, whether that be through candles or essential oils diffused in the area so that it would have the sense of peace and calm because that helped me be a better mom in this scenario. And I really tried to make sure that all of the house was set up to have a very clear circadian rhythm. So my bedroom has a very clear, dark setting. <laughs> I have blackout curtains. It gets very dark in there, even in the daytime, if you don't have lights actively switched on. But in the other rooms of our house, it, it does get very bright. And even in Seattle, 
it's a very brightly lit room for where we're at. So I made sure of that. And then when it was daytime and he wasn't sleeping, I made sure that the windows were open and he was able to get sunlight and gave myself the routine of going outside to ensure that he had all of the ability to get his circadian rhythm aligned as quickly as possible. Next, I made sure that I had appropriate nutrition. Now, I I have said this in previous podcasts, but I also wanted to make the caveat here is that I wish I had been better about nutrition postpartum. I had really bad gestational diabetes to the point of having a very high dose of Lantus or long-term insulin. And it was really stressful for me because, you know, I'm a naturopath. I, sh- I shouldn't have this problem that many people have. I'm above it. Really, no, I'm that's I'm joking. I just want to be clear. I'm joking. I it was a very big guilt that I had to tolerate. And also, dear God, the cravings for sugar. And so when postpartum hit because it was like, you can't eat that, you can't eat that, you can't eat that, you can't eat that, and then postpartum hit and it was like, you have no boundaries. Eat it all. So I did. But I also made sure I had everything I needed to keep myself sane. So that means having adequate resources of protein because protein is really essential in recovery processes, especially when you're healing postpartum. I made sure to have enough water because hydration status really does affect your ability to produce milk. And also it's important in recovery. And then having really good herbal teas like chamomile helping you to have a calming effect. It is not sedating. It's technically not a sedative, but it is very calming. And I think traditionally, the traditional keynote of chamomile is that it it is a, a calming of the mind, not necessarily something that makes you sleep. And if anybody really like take drinks chamomile tea at night, it's like, does it necessarily make you feel sleepy, but it just shuts off your brain enough that you're like, hmm, I like to go to sleep. I'm going to do that. So that was really helpful especially since there's just a lot of different changes to the stress response in postpartum. Your body's trying to rework and get back to its old self. It never will really quite get there, but your body's trying to go back to a non-pregnant state. And so that's really helpful. And the other thing is having warming foods. Your body's in recovery. This is kind of like a a winter of your body. It's where it's like trying not to expend a lot of energy because it's just trying to repair and prepare for later on in your body when you're back to your more full self. So I like to have a lot of soups, a lot of um, smoothies, which aren't warming. I know I just said warming, but I love smoothies because they're easy and simple, but soups, broths, stews, specifically broths, like bone broth, if it's something that's in your financial means, because this has a lot of protein, like I stated, and keeping yourself, um, having enough protein allows you to feel satiated, gives you energy, and allows you to feel like you're actually supported, and it's really easy in this time to feel depleted. And that was where I stood with nutrition. And then we have taking care of your body and the recovery. So there's two different types of recovery that you have to deal with postpartum. Number one is going to be for those mothers who are giving labor and who go through the process of labor. And then those that have a C-section, 
neither is wrong. I'm making zero judgment on either. And there's going to be those lovely mothers that have had the double whammy of going through part of labor and then rushing to a C-section, which is has all the emotional issues involved with that. But also you have double the recovery, physical recovery. Everybody has a mental, emotional recovery that happens with birth. It is meant to test you. It is You're bringing another human into this world. It is a time of great change, a time for internal introspection. And so if you do not have any sort of, not necessarily trauma, but emotional tie to your labor, it's really important to take the time to dive into that, to analyze how it went for you, what emotions came up, how did you feel during certain parts of it, what did you love, what did you not love. Whether it was natural and you completely had this baby on your own, whether you had all the painkillers they could give you or you had a C-section, all types of birth have that sort of emotional tie to them because you're supposed to. The entire mechanism of labor has oxytocin involved in it, which is your comfort, comfy, hugging hormone is what makes you have an orgasm. It is entirely related to pleasure and happiness. So it is also important to analyze the emotional toll, whether that be good, positive, negative, happy, frustrating, whatever emotion you come up with. But it's really important to give yourself space, whether that be through journaling, talking to friends and family, or actually seeking out um, mental health professionals. And that should be something that's always on your support list, as I mentioned in last week's episode. And I also want to emphasize this. You do not need to have postpartum depression, anxiety, or a physical mental health disorder from having benefit from going to seek help from a professional. In terms of your physical body, you're going to have a lot of aches and pains. First of all, if you go back to the episode on what happens to your body in postpartum, you're having hormone changes. You've had a, a change in electrolyte balances in your body because your body's trying to go back to not having excess fluid and an excess load of, of blood, which was required to keep your baby alive. And you also have changes in your weight. So the way that the, the axial load on your spine has completely changed. Therefore, the tilt of your pelvis is going to change with that. Your ligaments are no longer getting secreted a hormone relaxin that relaxes them. So they're going to be more tight and for some people, that's more uncomfortable. And so in order to prepare for yourself for this is just go easy with your body. There's a lot of people that have the five, five and five rule, which is five days by your bed, five days around your bed, five days. I don't remember the last five days are. That's bad. That's not one of my things. I'll figure it out. I'll post it on Instagram. Anyway, <laughs> what is really good is having the support that you need to heal your body. Don't do any sort of physical exercise until you're cleared for labor or cleared from your OB, OB guide and make sure that you are starting out with pelvic floor work to help repair that pelvic floor that was stretched, somewhat mutilated in postpartum. If you got tears, then yes, it was definitely mutilated. And just make sure that you're going through gentle exercises. In terms of physical exercises that I absolutely love, I really loved the Sculpt Society has really amazing postpartum breath exercises and gradual workout exercises that help you in postpartum. The Belly Whisper has a really great postpartum C-section 
work that is amazing for helping you to manage the pain of postpartum. And then finally, I really love Get Mom Strong, which is also called Slam Pregnancy App or Slam Exercise App. It is postpartum and I think she, within the last year, posted a pregnancy uh, workout section to help you through pregnancy as well. And I love her exercises. They're very helpful. She's very skilled at helping you to repair that core and inner strength. Making sure you have the appropriate things for your physical needs. So whether that means having a sits bath, if you are cleared to have baths, having witch hazel or other astringent herbs to help with hemorrhoids, if that's something that you're going to experience or you do experience. And then talking to your physician about that first postpartum bowel movement is super important because I'll let you know it's scary. <laughs> As someone with with a C-section, it was very scary <laughs> because, you know, things aren't put together yet. <laughs> and I'm sure that it's the real thing, the real thing. I'm sure it was really sure look at the judgment I have on my own self. If you go through natural labor, then I'm sure <laughs> that you will experience swelling is what I meant to say. So making sure that you have appropriately loose clothing, clothing that's easy to nurse with at home, and also lots and lots of towels and changes of clothes for you, not just baby. <laughs> because I'm trying to get this message. You will leak from everywhere, every orifice, every pore. Yes, you will sweat like you've never sweated before. I cannot tell you how weird it is to change your odor, but it does. And then like I had overproduction of milk, but like I was leaking milk everywhere. It was, it was bad. I could not go anywhere. It was, it was bad. I survived. Y'all, I survived. But have extra clothing. You don't want to have to do the laundry all the time. And you might be like me where you just continually have to do the laundry all the time. But Make sure you're prepared in that sense. Finally, herbal and natural remedies. I wanted to touch on this briefly. I have training as a naturopathic physician, but I don't really like giving that sort of advice on here because it's really, really, really easy to take information about herbs out of context. So generally speaking, I don't tell people a lot about what herbs they have to be taking postpartum. I think that making sure that you're getting herbs in your food. So herbs that are really good for helping heal and supporting wellness overall. Turmeric, which you can add to those stews and in your smoothies. Turmeric is really amazing anti-inflammatory and can help with aches and pains that you're having if you're given it the appropriate dose. But in your food, it's just really good for you. Just be real. I already talked to you about chamomile. That's also another one. You also could do licorice teas. Those are amazing, as long as you're not, like, downing licorice by the bottle. It's really safe. <laughs> Always talk to your doctor before trying any of these. Just going to, like, give all the medical warnings. But I, when I was creating these notes, I outlined them through ChatGPT. And the first recommendation it popped out of for recommending to you for postpartum was Arnica. And I, don't take Arnica. I'm just going to, like, say that as, like, an emphatic thing. Arnica as a homeopathic remedy, fine. You can take Arnicare, Arnica gel, and apply that to your scar tissue or any tissue that's like, has pain or swelling and a bruised feeling. 
totally fine. But Arnica, as like the herb, is toxic. It is a low-dose herb, and it's only given at very minute doses. And it's very effective for pain. So if you're going to a naturopath and they're giving you Arnica, and it's not part of your treatment plan, go for it, take it, have fun. But if you're taking it as like a, as like a, ooh, I'm, I'm joining the botanical movement. I'm gonna do it. Don't, please, please don't, please, please. I'm gonna not mince words here. Do not take it as an herb unless you're told by your doctor. Who knows about herbs? Anyway, moving on. <laughs> you see why I have issues with like saying stuff about herbs and like botanical medicine and all that stuff. But generally speaking, garlic, onions, turmeric, anything with high fiber, fennel tea, which will help with any sort of gas pains that are caught up in your bowels, any sort of peppermint, ginger. These are all amazing herbs that can help with some of the nausea. And they're also mildly anti-inflammatory, which is also a controversial thing to say for many reasons. And I don't want to go there seeing this is already 20 minute long episode. Anyway, I'm going to conclude with a couple of questions that I often get from new moms. So here we go. How can you support a C-section to heal naturally? So the number one thing for that is to follow the instructions of your provider. A lot of times they will seal it with a silver layer working on on preventing infection. So that's not taking a bath until you're cleared by your OB. Because if you were to take a bath, you have a huge wound in your in your body. First of all, you have the wound that is from the placenta, and then you have the wounds that come from the surgical incisions in your body, and all of those lead you to be more susceptible to infection. And not just infection in your peritoneal cavity or your stomach, but also your peritoneal, I should say like your abdomen or your belly. It's not really your stomach. Anyway, um, also your uterus can actually get in in. A, a sticky situation. And so healing that way is, is it's super important to have that be healed. And then also making sure you're following their protocols, making sure you're um, doing correct um, application of anything that you need to apply as per your ob The other things you can add are things like castor oil, vitamin E. Those are topical treatments. You do not ingest them. Topical treatments, oils that can help you feel the treatment be better. Overall, and then I would send you to the Belly Whisperer on Instagram, and I think she has a website too. She has a lot of postpartum recommendations for C-section recovery. She recovered from a C-section herself, just helping you with mobilization of scar tissue as well as working on that sensation loss that you usually have after every surgery. But postpartum, that that C-section scar is weird feeling. So that's what I would recommend. And then what are the best foods to avoid during pregnancy? In any case, in any time, the best foods to avoid during breastfeeding are foods you don't like, foods that you're allergic to, (laughs) Um, foods that you don't like the smell of. Are you getting the theme? I don't really ever like to tell people those are the foods, like you should avoid this food because it's evil. They're not. If you like a food, eat it. There is a case, a lot of times, if, your child is sensitive, they will, the change, there will be changes to the flavor of your breast milk. I don't know how else to say that. Sorry if that's gross. And so sometimes children will not like the reaction of spicy meal, spicy food. So like turmeric, spices, 
really heavily seasoned meals, sometimes people find their kid doesn't want to nurse. Now, there is this beautiful placebo effect called the power of suggestion. So I don't want to suggest anything, but also if you are having trouble with nursing and they did last at latch at one point and then they're just having a strike, look at your food, look, figure out if there's something that changed in your diet over the time in which they were striking or no longer nursing, and then go from there as a process of ventilation. But generally speaking, there is no food that's off limits in breastfeeding in general. Talk to your doctor. The case might be different for you. Are, is it safe to use essential oils postpartum? Yes. If they're diluted into carrier oil, they're not ingested. And that's my rant. That's like the hill I will die on. Your kidneys don't like them, and nor does your liver. Nor does your liver. Essential oils are highly, highly, highly concentrated volatile oils that are very powerful, very antimicrobial. They're fine to apply topically if you use a carrier oil like olive oil or coconut oil or castor oil, all of which can help you in sometimes some of them are antimicrobial. Some of them are just really good at helping with aromatherapy and changing moods. Perfectly fine and safe. Do not ingest them. I don't care what brand tells you otherwise. Don't do it. But it's perfectly safe to use them in postpartum. I can't think of anything really. I cannot personally think off the top of my head. And I have not researched this. So maybe I should just go do that and post it on Instagram. But I cannot think of an of a type of essential oil that would uh, inhibit nursing. And I really can't think of one that would be topically used or diffused that would be harmful. So I don't know if there's any research on that. I'll look. We'll see. But I haven't found any thus far. So I hope that answers most of your questions. If you have any questions, message me at admin at thenewmomnaturopath.com. And if you really loved this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a review. It would really help me. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the New Mom Naturopath podcast. I really hope you learned something and grew during this episode. If you could leave me a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be so helpful for me. If you have any questions, email me at admin at thenewmomnaturopath.com. 